is up podcast world i just want to say from the bottom of my heart thank you so much for listening and for sharing and for just being a front sight man anyways today i have with me wow some this, guys this is a podcast on biblical manhood they, by the way. Yes. <laughs> was that a hallmark moment I, I, just, was. I just wanted to speak from the heart for a second. Anyways, enough of that. I, I all of a sudden had this urge to go out into the lobby and scratch my daughter's back or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. Harlequin romance. That was anyway, awesome. But I just want to say, like, who the people that you're hearing right now is. Yeah. My name is Jordan Largaspada. I host the show, and I'm here because I just really have a heart for you guys. And then my apprentice on my right, Pastor Ron... <laughs> He's been he's been learning from me for the past couple of years. <laughs> I have actually, and yes, you oh, know, man. I don't know if they've been good things or not, but that beautiful voice is Pastor Ron. Oh, how fun! Oh, right gosh. across from me, Rodney Kilborn. He wants to learn, but he just has that closed-minded mindset. He's not really called out yet, but I'm trying to teach him to be. Say what's up, Rodney. Yeah, we changed the podcast name for this one. So, oh, you're right. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> and Jacob Miller on my left just got done playing Call of Duty. Yeah. And he wanted to name the podcast today. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So to be honest, I'm actually, I am learning from Jordan. I mean, I really am. Not sarcastic. Oh, yeah. So being, you know, so new and young in ministry, I have to go back and remind myself, like, what did I feel like when yeah. ministry was so new to me? Yeah. Uh, because you can be in it so long that you just sort of take for granted that, oh, everybody thinks that way. Well, yeah. of course they should know that. Yeah. And Rain and I were talking about that last night, just to what, what is it like to be new in ministry when you come in and you don't have much of a, uh, a context or a frame of reference to mm -hmm. pull from because mm -hmm. you've never been there? And so, yeah, that this that's Bro, that's encouraging to me. I was talking to Rye about this the other day. We went to another, uh, like, another ministry from like something at UCF, right? And that was a while ago. But we were talking, and we were like, "Dude, I can't look at this the same way that I used to when I was a, just mm. a student." You know, like it's just like you look at it completely differently. Mm. Yeah, you're like, "Who's running this? Who's like, how is this being put on? Who's like, what's the quality of all of this stuff?" and who is this guy? What does he think he's doing? <laughs> yeah. What's the intent but, behind yeah, it? Yeah. Why are they doing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that stuff yeah. is like... Are they completely... wired for sound? Like, what's... Yeah. What's... Like, it's like, yeah. like yeah. much different of, as a consumer. Yeah. Like, it's just yeah. it's totally different. Yeah. It's completely different. Like, when you, when you, when somebody says, oh, you should listen, like, immediately, it's like, okay, what's this guy's theology? Yeah. I'm, yes. I'm, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah. track yeah. this down before I yeah. put my stamp yeah. on anything. That's I listen one of this? the things I love the most about volunteers when mm -hmm. they come to work in church, not just at an event, but if they come and they spend just days in the office, every one of them through the years have always said, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then dot, dot, dot after that. Yeah. And like, what actually happens here? And yes. Yeah. Uh, but I, I am learning. I'm learning from all you guys. If you ever stop learning, you're you know you stop living. It's so. Um, anyway, man, you know you know Jordan gave it away. No, it's it's already there. It's on Spotify, right? So wherever you're listening, <laughs> what we're talking about today is Call of Duty, um, the life changing power of living on mission. But wait, mm. what? Don't we have like 
a life group that meets every week and plays Call of Duty? We do. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> not that last part. Wait, yeah, not, yeah. You oh, we, got me. we don't play Call of Duty in our life group. Maybe, maybe Jean and you play. <laughs> oh my god. Maybe you and Jean meet together and play Overwatch and. John uh, John is is uh, Pastor Ron's daughter's. He was on one of the podcasts. If you guys don't know, he's my other son-in-law. Yeah, the other son-in-law. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. Rodney, what do we have? What can I do for you? What about the? <laughs> <laughs> what about this life group though? It, we're it's it's actually kind of blowing up right now. Yeah, and uh, we're just taking the podcast in the content that's already here, and we're just do, we're deep diving. Right. So. Oh, that's cool. Any, like, okay, like we did procrastination. So we kind of covered as much as you can cover in 40 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And then we we take it for about an hour and 20 mm. minutes deeper. And and so we yeah. get more into the, the details and the how-to. So we're just taking basically Pastor Ron's VIP notes here yeah. and, and expanding on them. And get but nice. you do a really good job. Like you show those notes, and you you take yeah you, know, you take the content that I write, but you turn it into like like you said more than just I know a deep dive sort of sort of quick abbreviated version of what you're trying to say. I know, but uh, you do a really good job of taking that content and and turn it into questions and application and verses that get the guys thinking. So it goes beyond just a podcast, which you know what we want. We don't. Yeah, we, of course we want you study. listening and changing. And yeah. we hope that it does. Like, if this makes you a better husband just from listening to a podcast, absolutely. But we want you to do so much more with it. We want you to take what you've been taught and find other good men and teach them as well. Right, right. And how often do you guys still meet? Is it every other week? Or? We're, we're meeting every other week. Uh, it's, it's, it's a morning Bible study, so we're meeting at Cafe Parks, 530 in the morning. Cool. Oh. <laughs> I, I haven't seen you there yet, Jordan. What? <laughs> I'm always there, 530 p.m. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I when the cafe's closed, he's yes, standing exactly. outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so we're there five thirty in the morning. We get done six fifty, so you can be on the road by seven. Okay, which is wow. seems to fit the best uh, uh, opportunity for the guys we have in the group who are all working pretty much early risers. Yeah, I mean, if they're not working and working different shifts, working different times, I mean, like most of us, we want to get home and and. And be with the kids, meet oh, them in yeah. the games, it's you know, the get them ready. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's early, but you get it out of the way. So, honestly, this just sort of proves, you know, my point as what we're going to talk about today. These men are definitely demonstrating that they want to live on mission. That's true. That they don't want to just get a paycheck, be a dad, have a title. They want they want something to get them out of bed. We yeah. just had a an episode come out on our podcast, your front side of what keeps you up. Uh, play on words up like we we want you because you go to bed with purpose in your heart and your mind. You're able to get up. So I want to follow that up moment with this. Like, what does it mean to live on mission? I firmly believe this. Like, here's the thing: we're, we're we at times we get hard on men, which I think we should. We should be like, come on, guys, yeah, stop doing stupid stuff, or come on, man, just pick yourself up. Yeah, everybody's hurt. Everybody's been wounded. Everybody's had hard times, but you can do this. But I firmly believe that every man wants to live on mission. Like mm. the, there's a sense of calling. Whether you have this sort of a military background or or this fighting background, whatever that might be, if if you no matter who you are, right? You have I think every man has has this sense of mission that drives them. Yes. Yeah. Like sure. they they want more than the job. They want yeah. more than uh the things of this world. Like down deep inside, maybe they've never called it that. But that's how you're designed. That is how you're designed. And if you don't have that, then you're really missing out. 
one hundred percent. Maybe the maybe the best way to describe it, I think, is and this is true with most people, but you know, particularly for for men, you want to make a difference. Yeah, you okay, want, that's a good way to you, say it. You want to you want to on on with the time that you have here on this world, you want to leave an impact. Yes. yes, positively on you want to yeah. do something bigger Others. than just like one life, you know. Okay, so let's go with that, right? So I believe that. But I'm also the firm belief that if they want to make an impact, maybe they don't know how, mm. which is why we Google, we search, we read, we study, and but maybe we don't understand what making an impact means. Yeah. Um, and so I, I wrote this down, um, and, and I believe this. It's a little quote that I had that sort of derived from a, a lot of men have said things like this, um, but I believe the average sin of the modern man is not the sin of commission. That means like you're willingly doing wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't believe the greatest sin is necessarily the sin of omission. That means you're you you don't you're doing something wrong. You may not know it at the moment. I honestly believe one of the greatest things we can do wrong as a man is to live a life of no mission. Yeah. Okay. Like to get up and live without purpose. being on purpose, yeah. being on yeah. mission. Because without that, you're gonna have those problems. You're gonna have those problems. I gotta play around with at least my. Um, iPhone. I didn't know you could like n- n- rename your iPhone. So when people like searched it, so no. you didn't. You know, like Rye would like rename her iPhone. So I yeah. find my iPhone. She would. There was a while where she put things in Morse code. Or yeah, maybe it's still did. that way. I'm like, what? It, how she? How did you do I that? I forgot that I yeah. put mine as Big J as a joke. Yeah, it's, it's just Big J. And then I was at school one time, and then like my friend was like, hey, can I airdrop you something? And I was like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And then it just comes up as Big J. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. But it's happened like five times, and I still haven't changed it. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah. But I, I used to do mine with just two things. I, I would do mine as Charlie. I named my phone Charlie Mike, mm-hmm. which means yeah, continue yeah. on mission, or Oscar Mike, which means I'm on mission. Yeah. I might want to go back to that. I don't even know what it's labeled now. But anyway, I guess we can Ronnie. find that out. Ron- no, probably not. <laughs> That's funny. That's what they used to call my dad. Really? Yeah. And then um, they called they called me Ron. And my dad was like, well, I want to be called Ron. And so he kind of went back to being called Ron. But anyway, that's, that's funny. funny that you said that. I'm going right. to change mine to Big J. Yeah. <laughs> you going to be in competition here? You're going to be the bigger B- J? Bigger J. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right, so okay. How, no mission. How, do, how can men live? Like, how can we wake up and live on mission? So let me sort of def- define what that means. So... Just because we're called into ministry or some are called into ministry, that doesn't mean we're the only ones that have a mission. Yeah. Now, mission can be, you you know God has given you your job. Yeah. You, 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 that can be that. You Mission can be, you know God has made you a father, mm-hmm. a, a husband. I get that. And that is it. That is it. Like, but it's this idea of that my life wants to make an impact and it's so much bigger than my job. It's so much bigger than being a, a father. Like, to just think about this in terms of years. If I live until, you know, I'm in my mid-80s, you know, or, or 90s, let's just say, I will have only been a father for like 50 or 60 years. Or That's not. Yeah. When you say it out loud, you're like, that's not a long time. In the grand scheme of like yeah. the world. In the grand scheme of things, that's not really that long of a time. Um, to say that. So what can be done in that 50 or 60 years yeah. that lives beyond me? Yeah. And and how can I begin to put together sort of a, a mission statement for my life? So I've just, I want to, I want to just talk this out. I've got a few things that I think that means. One, I think it means live as one called out and sent 
two. Ooh, wow. So I think you got to wake up every day and have this idea that I'm called out. Okay. Like every day, when we say the mercies of the Lord are new every morning, okay, on one side of the coin, that means God's forgiven me. What I did wrong yesterday, the, it's, it's wiped clean. I get to start over. But that also means like I get new mercies, like do something with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's the other side of that verse that we often forget. It doesn't, it means so much more than the, the board is wiped clean. It doesn't yeah. mean stay low. It doesn't mean stay low. Yeah. That Reminds means, me of the Saving Private Ryan, Ernest. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. What you gotta you gotta like make it make it matter. Make mm. all of this sacrifice. Make yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. Make it worth something. Yes, exactly. Like when he told him, like, listen, we saved you, so like, make your life count. Yeah. yeah. You know exactly. Like so. So live. Let me ask you guys a question. So before we ever get into this, maybe maybe two questions. Do do you think most men live with a strong sense of calling? What are your thoughts? Hmm. I mean, I think on average, no, mm. as all men, but it depends on... I think it's a pretty much... Most people are either one or the other. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of guys that I've seen that are just super passionate and, like, yeah. super on it. Like, one of the people that I think of is Paul Shelton, one of our worship leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's just, like, always on it, and he was actually one of my mentors when I was in student ministry. Oh, wow, that's right. And that was, like, super impactful on my life to see that kind of passion. But then there's also guys that are just, like don't have that same temperament, mm-hmm. but still have a mission calling. Okay, yeah. I see you know? what you're saying. So, I mean, it really just depends on the guy. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I think I think it's a little bit different from my perspective, only because I've, I've just, uh, I don't know, maybe it's age, but I think a lot of people in general— you're 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 the grass is greener on the other side. Okay, yeah, I like this. Uh, I like where you're going. So yeah. you're always like, you know, yeah, this is my life. It, this is this yeah. is the boring side of the fence. Right. Mm. I I want to, you know, I was called to be, you know, this crazy sports missionary or a pastor, or, you know, mm. run a church or do all these big things over here, but we're not even willing to be the minister in our own home. We're not Boom. willing to be the minister in the yeah. workplace. We're not willing to be the minister to our closest friends and family yes. members. Like, if you can't clean up an aisle nine, why are you taking the bucket to aisle 10? Right. You know? mm, so, right. Uh, I, so you're saying, like, you, you need to be able to live the mission now. Well, I mean, what if you're a father, what bigger mission, what, what yeah. bigger tombstone are you laying down yeah. than mm-hmm. what you do for your children? For yeah. Sure. And so we, we've, society kind of deprioritizes that and we get caught even as Christians, we get caught up in that. Yeah. Like, you know, I was called to do these great things. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to throw the rock at the giant. Yeah. Right. You know, somebody made the sling, you know, somebody. Yeah. Uh, so it just, everyone has a part to play and we have to take each, each, our role in that seriously. And that's the calling out that I kind of read from this too. Yeah. You know, the world defines it um, differently, which I think is so shallow. The yeah. world says, what's your dream? Mm. Right. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's what the a world great way says. Of putting it. Right. The world says, what's your dream? Like, what do you want to achieve? Yeah. And then, you know, you go and buy everything John Maxwell has, which is good. And you're like, how do I, how do I, what do I do to, you know, achieve what I'm dreaming? Mm. And his stuff, he's got, I'm not making fun of him. I'm just saying it's, it's good stuff. But this is bigger than a dream. Mm. Mission. See, okay, so if I fulfill my dream, I fulfill my dream. And at the end of my life, my kids stand up and speak and they go, dad did what he said he was going to do. He went in a hot air balloon ride. Yeah. You know, that Mm. was his dream. Well, no, mission goes beyond me. Oh, yeah. A mission is what gets me up out of bed, and a mission says, "All right, I've been—I'm a dad, 
And so my role as a dad goes so far beyond providing um, clothes and stuff for my kids. It goes so much more than making sure they get an education and that I come home and roll around the grass and play with them. No, this little this little one that is given to me, I, I am to mold them. So when I'm mm. gone, yeah. everything about me, if you will, was put in them. So yeah. now they'll live on mission. Yes, mm-hmm. mission is transferable. A dream necessarily isn't transferable. No. no, I mean, yeah, like I okay. There, there's some things about my dad that I want to. There's characteristics of him, but my dad's dreams are different, if you will, than than my dreams. But yeah. mission is transferable. Yeah. This is what I mean by live as one called out and sent to. You know, one of the things that, that really pushes me as a pastor and what obviously what caused us to start Frontsight was I I am desperate for men to come out of the camp of the merely religious. Yeah. Mm. Now listen, women women drive the church. Can we just be honest? Yeah. Like I don't know the number, but over over 60% of our volunteers and and doers, executors yeah. here at the church are female. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Well, we have Sixty percent more women in active Bible studies than we do men. Yeah, boy, so call that go. one out. Yeah, now we're getting there. Yeah, you know, it took Raina, I think, I don't know, four or five years. I have no idea, but I mean, yes, you guys come on uh, Thursdays. Is it every other Thursday? Mm-hmm. Thursdays yeah. and Saturdays, and now also I think Wednesday night. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you yeah. come at like on. I know on that every other Thursday. Like now, it's a hundred women are yeah. here on campus. Yeah. They almost take over the entire. I mean, it's incredible. So, you know, Rodney and I were talking, Rodney Moore, he was sharing with us. I mean, we should we should have that. We should yeah. have 200, 300. That's when you know revival's coming, when, yeah. when men get serious about yeah. biblical Now, listen, uh, you, we send out a text right now and say, the church is on fire. Yeah. You know, men will, men will come running with buckets. Yeah. Like, if, they, if they're not a firefighter, they literally will come with a bucket of water and start helping us put, like, they'll, they'll do that. Like, men are problem solvers. Yeah. And that's sort of built into us, but I don't know how much we're we're mission um, livers, yeah. you know, how much we live on mission versus just living to solve a problem. Mm. And that's what I mean. So you know you're driven by mission if you wake up with the sense of, like, I'm being called out. Yeah. Like, this is my literal call of duty. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I am being sent to so I I am desperate to see men come out of just the camp of the religious. Like I got enough Jesus on Sunday to make my wife happy and to get me through the board meeting on Wednesday. No, wow. no, 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 no. Now, thankfully, some we're hearing great testimonies from wives that are involved in these Bible studies. And they're saying, like, this is so new to me. For the first time, my husband's saying, let's read, let's go to church, let's yeah. get involved, let's serve. And now they've been playing the role where they've been trying to drag the husband, and now the husband's waking up and going, "Let's go!" And they're like, "Whoa, this is new. This is cool. I That's love cool. it." Well, yeah. there, and there's also the flip side, which we're also seeing, which yeah. is the woman's had the reins, and the guy's like, "Okay, I'm stepping up." And right. now it's like, "Well, I appreciate you coming to the party, but I've been right. doing this for 15 yeah. years." Yeah. And so now there's this. This it's not an idyllic. No, you know, in some areas you are having to work it out. Yeah. No, absolutely. But I, we have to live. So I just jotted down. So when I wrote this, I, and I'm just going to rattle these off because. So I thought, okay, well, are are there are there callings, one for all of us. Yeah. And are there specific callings to men? There are. Yeah. So for all of us, I mean, we know this for for every one of us, everyone who's a breathing, living, breathing person. 
we have the same call. Number one, come to Christ. Yeah. Like confess faith, for, you know, ask for forgiveness of sins, trust Christ with your life for eternity, follow him and live for him. Mm-hmm. That's basic. Yeah. yeah. That's for all of us. Now, for men specifically, and yes, some of this is as well goes for, for, for women, but I, I wrote down 10. And you guys, as I'm listing these, you guys can probably come up with more than 10, and I'm sure yeah. there are. Yeah. But you can find these. Number one, we're called to work. Mm. Yes. Now, now, understand, I listed that as number one for a reason. One, we should work. Like, don't be lazy. Um, but number two, I think because that calling exists, we often confuse our job for our mission. Mm. Now, you can be on mission at your work, which you should be. Yeah. Yeah. But in rare cases, like, like I said, there may be a guy out there that's like, I would have never interviewed for this job. God opened the door to this job, mm-hmm. and now I know this job is my mission. Like, I do hear that. Yeah. I don't know. Out of 30 guys, maybe like three um, would say that. But number one, all, all men are called to, to work. It's the very first thing God told Adam and Eve, he specifically told Adam, like, toil the ground. <laughs> like, get out there, right? Number two, to be courageous. Yep. In the book of Joshua, we are specifically called, have I not commanded you, be strong, be courageous. Be strong, be courageous, said it three times. So we're, we're called to be strong. We're called to be courageous. We're called to love. Mm. Notice work, courageous, strong, but we're also called to love. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Like this idea that men can't be loving, if you will, as part of uh, manhood, we're supposed to be strong and never show our emotions. That's not biblically accurate. Mm. We're, yeah. called to, we're called to love. We're called to be a husband. We're called to be the head of the wife, head of the home. Yeah. And please, I always have to say this, um, when when you hear me say that, please don't take this podcast home and and open up the door and walk in like you're walking into a, a saloon and burst open the door and go, hey, everybody, I'm the head of the house. Yeah. You know, because, don't, yeah. Don't abuse that. In order to be the head of the house, you need to be the head of the house through sacrifice. Exactly. Yes. Like that's that's the biblical you're supposed to lay down your life like Jesus did. Yes. And honestly, before that, so the book of Ephesians 3, 4, and 5 gives us the hierarchy. It says God, Christ, man. So if you're not submitted to God and you're not submitted to Christ, you won't even know how to love your wife. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. so, so headship comes from your surrendering to God and to Christ first. Yeah. Like you can't come in and demand your wife do anything until you have surrendered to the commands of Christ. Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah. that's, yeah, that's, let's like do what I say, not what I do. Yeah. You Ooh. Know? Yeah. If that's you're not doing good. it, you're not an effective leader. And listen, I, I mean this, like I say this all the time, probably every podcast. Um, all the girls in my house are, are absolutely stronger than I am in so many ways, emotionally, yeah, even physically. Now, what I mean by that is, no, they're not maybe as strong in certain areas uh, physically in terms of lifting, pulling, whatever, um, and so forth. But no, they are, they're stronger mentally. Yeah. Um, they're definitely in some areas stronger spiritually. Like I'm learning from my girls. I'm going, what in the world? I look at their age. I'm like, I wish I'd have known that when I was when I pastored a church at 25 and I look at them and they're 25, I'm like, dang, they're way ahead of me. <laughs> So what I mean by that is I, I can't come in and just say, like Rodney said, you know, do as I say, not as I do. 
Um, no, there are many times I surrender to my wife's discernment, to my wife's wisdom. There are many times I surrender mm-hmm. to my own girl's wisdom and discernment wow. and knowledge. Yeah. So it doesn't mean I come in and be like, do this. But that's also teaching them how to like be submissive to other people's wisdom when it is good wisdom. Oh, when whenever I surrender and submit to them, they don't they don't feel like they're on the guard. They bow up. They feel like they can come in and tell me like, yeah, dad, like that attitude stunk, or yeah, dad, you could have done better <laughs> there. I mean, they do. Yeah. Um, because I mean, we all deal with this. Okay, so we're. We're called to be a father. We're called to be the head of the home. We're called to serve sacrificially. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just rattling off 10. I have no idea what number we're on. We're, we're called to be compassionate. Again, not, it's different than love. Um, we're, we're supposed to show honor to our wives, the Bible says, as the weaker vessel. Um, so we're supposed to have this idea of compassion in our heart and our life. And and yes, we're, we're called to provide. Those are just 10, 10 quick ones. So they're they're not generic, but they are for all of us. There, so there is a calling to be on mission yeah. in at least ten aggregate areas um, of manhood. So when 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 I say to live as one called out and sent to, I just rattled off ten of them that you could be called out um, and sent to. Here's a good one, man. I think this is a good one. So what is it? What is our call of duty? How do you live like you're on mission? Well, you got to live as one set apart. Mm-hmm. Not along with. Yeah. Now, if you're attending Waterstone, watching Waterstone Church, um, I've been saying this lately in the sermons with the series that we're in, Thy Kingdom, and even getting ready to with the one uh, Courageous. So it has been a theme in my study that has really stood out, that has hit me. Like we know this, Daniel uh, worked uh, with the king, but he was not of the king's lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. We see that so many times in the scriptures, not just in the Old Testament, but even those new believers in Christ that were living in Roman occupation, if you will, that they still rendered unto Caesar like they they did what the government asked in some respects, but yet they still gave to God. Uh, even though they may have lived in that empire, they still lived for the kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But guys, we got to live as one set apart, not, yeah. not along with. Now, I get it. Today, like every every day... We we live under this this incredible pressure to conform. Mm. That's Every true. Day. Yeah. yeah. My dad stepped out. You know, he he started a business. His his my grandfather started a tile business. He worked for my dad. It was Smith and Son. And I can remember as a kid driving in and seeing this ginormous sign on this hill, and it said Smith and Son. And I thought <laughs> one day it's going to be Smith and Son and grandson. Yeah. You know, come to find out, I really stunk with work with my hands. So I was like, <laughs> my name probably won't be added to that. Anyway, but you know what I'm saying. So my dad stepped out and started his own business. Here's the point I'm getting to. In order to market himself, my dad started going to like better business bureau um, meetings and so forth. At least where we were, what what they really did was drink whiskey. That's you know. Oh, so they yeah, gathered yeah, to yeah. drink, and I can remember my dad coming home, and I mean, I can literally remember them having this conversation. My mom was like, "So what they do?" He's like, "Well, everybody just kind of drank." Mm. And and my dad, you know, my dad admitted he was like, "Yeah, you know, I had a drink in my hand," but and she was like, "Well, that's probably not the best way to market." He goes, "Yeah, that's probably not the people I want to market to because they're probably going to show up on the job site inebriated, yeah, and not even remember the conversation that we had." But so I can remember him saying, "Like, in order for my business to succeed, I probably need to hang out with these folks." Yeah. Mm-hmm. He went and hung out with those folks and thought, well, I don't want my business to succeed necessarily in that manner. Mm-hmm. How many times do we compromise? Mm-hmm. How many times do we accommodate things in our life that we're like, 
not really that big of a deal. Yeah. yeah. What your dad saw was that there was another way. There was another way. Like it, there, there wasn't there. Bro, what? Yeah. <laughs> the only way was not just like with with those with those folks. Like you, right. like he was able to succeed, and there's also a way for you to be able to succeed without compromising. Yeah. Now I, I'll be honest with you. I I think I have it easier in this area. We ministry maybe have it easier because we do talk to a lot of guys that are in um in business. And and the and the things they have to go through in terms yeah. of like educational training and words they can use and not use and and so forth. I'm like I don't like I I don't know how you do it because here in ministry, you know, we only call people we don't we only hire quote unquote people here who are called into ministry. Right. Like you can't just walk in the in the room and we have to sort of hire you for certain things or whatever. I don't I don't know how people live like that. Yeah. Like everything about me. You know, is there because a calling exists for yeah. it? If not, then we're potentially out of the will of God. Yeah. So I can't imagine how much pressure is is on some men um, to to not necessarily conform, but just sort of ride a little bit of the wave. Yeah. Just so they keep a paycheck or or, or keep a client. Yeah. We or just we, like, we have these discussions all the time with the men's group. Yeah. Because in in like the coaching and, and and mentoring that I do now is like, I wish I could go back in time and and do it this way. But if you are a Christian, yeah, you are held by God to a different standard. So you can't play the game like everybody else plays yeah. it. Yeah. The warfare is not saying you don't get to play by the same rules. Yeah. In fact, if you do, uh. you will not be blessed you will be either disciplined or you will not see success because god holds you to a different standard so it may not be logical in business to not do right. the thing mm-hmm. it may not be logical to do the thing but that's how god's going yeah, to bless bro. you it's it's, it's very it's like counterintuitive yeah but yeah. if you don't do it you are going to be up and down up and down up and down yeah. and miserable for, for sure 20 years. Yes. Not that I know anything about that. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> For 20 years. And, and then and sometime you're going to have to realize that you but, have actually called to ministry. Yes. But yes. I mean, it's also really hard when you're just surrounded by so many other people that aren't, uh, aren't yeah. believers and you're yeah. just around it all the time. Yeah. Like you're around them probably more than your family a lot of the time mm, throughout right. the week. So that's yeah. true. And just the, the thought pattern you have to go through to like keep yeah. yourself mentally like, okay, that, you know, I'm not going to go down that path. Oh, yeah. And, and then it's if a you constant. don't. Then you're like an outcast to them. Yeah. yeah. But but it's really like like you said, like you have the choice. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, another another thing, you know, I know we you've got a pretty complete list there, but one of the things that stands out to me that I hear all of the time, and I hear it both from men and women, is you know, when I think of Matthew twenty eight, you mm. know, and and we're supposed to be disciple makers and Christ is giving that command to the disciples or his apostles, it was not that it didn't end with them. It was teach others as I have commanded you. So it replicates. So we're supposed to be doing the same thing as they were doing for us. And I hear often, yeah, you know, talking about Christ and like, it's not my thing. You know, I, I'm, I'm the wrench. I'll help do the maintenance. Mm. I'll cook in the kitchen. That's my thing. Mm. I'm not really big at sharing or standing boldly in the gap 
when, right. when I've other heard people things like yeah like at work it's like it's not the place to share like that's the place to work mm. like i'm gonna show i'm gonna show christ just by working hard yeah. i'm like well you and you can i'm like yeah, yeah but i mean you're also kind of missing some of it right you know sure. yeah and you, know. you have to you have to know your audience and you have to know yeah. that you're the conditions you're in and, and adapt but i guess and we talked about it a little bit before so i'm, I'm gonna do it anyway but uh, we were talking about in the Marine Corps, everybody's oh, yeah, yeah. everybody is a basic infantryman. Right. You've got to learn how to pick up a rifle, shoot around. You know, right. you, you launch a grenade, do all that stuff, mm-hmm. handle an AT4 because you're forward theater. So right. even if you're a cook or you're on the flight line or your transportation, you got to be prepared. Right. To, to fight to, to strap up at yeah, any given yeah. time. Yeah. And if we're doing those ten things you mentioned, and and we're and we're discipling, regardless of what that job is, we're supposed to be prepared right. to strap up at any given time. Yeah, and we're supposed to, we are supposed to be set apart. That's 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 like if you're not set apart, what are we doing? Right. Yeah. How do people see Christ in us? Right. Like, you know. So yeah. if you're not discipling and you don't live differently and you don't make those choices, like you were saying, right. What are we doing at all? Yeah, and and so you know, living set apart doesn't mean being odd, yeah. right? Right. You know, like the Christians weren't odd; they were mm-hmm. early Christians weren't odd; they were different. Yeah. So you don't have to like I joke all the time. You don't have to walk in with a T-shirt, you know, that says "Turn or Burn" mm. uh, into yeah. your job, and people are like, "Oh man, he's a holy roller." You know, yeah. that's not what we mean. It just means like yeah. we were having a conversation the other day, and I don't remember with who, and we were talking about like. We used to have friends, like my girls were like, yeah, we used to have friends that acted a certain way. And she said, I think sometimes they acted that way only to get a rise out of me. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, they acted that way only to sort of get a reaction. Well, when we didn't respond mm. to it, yeah. like when they would either cuss or say a dirty joke or they'd say, let's go do this, or they would just do something, in some respects, maybe borderline vulgar, mm-hmm. like they just didn't respond. Like, yeah. it was like, we're not even going to pay attention. And after a while, they were like, oh, well, you guys don't talk that way? Or, oh, mm-hmm. you guys don't tell those kind of jokes? Yeah. And so over time, it was, you know, they just sort of tested the waters. But when they found out, oh, well, you're not going to you're not yeah. going to banner back. You're not going to be a part of. That's also what we mean. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like both Rodney, you and um, Rodney and Jordan, you guys are right. You, you know, you, you can't just go in sometimes and just throw down the Bible yeah. at your job. But to believe that the job is not the place to share Christ. Well, that's denying yeah. the mission field. Exactly. But it is a balance, and you do have to learn. But yes, for the most part, we are known by how we're different. Like when you're set apart, people know you're set apart. Yeah. yeah. Here's a quote that I um, I read. I think it was Spurgeon. He says, to convene with God is to be inconvenient with the philosophy of this world. Mm. Come on. Wow. Go against the grain. Yeah. Well, that's Well, people will know when you spent time with God that you're just different. Like, you don't have to necessarily wear a cross around your neck. And so, like, the early Christians, I think, would have been appalled to wear, why would they wear a means of crucifixion around their neck? Like, for them, I get why we wear it. Yeah. But for them to be like, whoa, I'm not going to wear a torture device around my neck. Um, <laughs> you know, I get that. But so they didn't, we don't know that they did that, but they drew, they drew like a uh, part of the, the fish in the sand. We do know that. Yeah. So they did things that were different about them. You know, even Jesus, it was said of him, people would comment and they would say, what manner of speech is he? Mm. Like they could tell mm. by how he talked, 
of course, about the knowledge of the of the law and the knowledge of the word and how he taught that he was saying something different than what everybody yeah. else, all the other teachers were saying. Did wow. you ever have? Did you ever have when you were young? And I'll, I'll open this up to all you guys. But did you guys ever have somebody where you were in a position as a young man, and somebody walked into the room, and they were they were wearing a suit or whatever they were, and they just commanded everybody's attention? Oh yeah. You were like wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that's how. You know, oh, that's yeah. how we're supposed to be in, you know, being calm when everyone panics. Oh, yeah. Um, not using the language like you said that everyone uses. And it, because, like this is like the, the problem of the the typical youth pastor, right? They struggle. They, they try so hard to relate. Oh, right? yeah. And try so hard to be like everyone else that they forget mm. that you're supposed to set the example. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. So what do you do with that? I mean, for me... Um, it's no difference it, it, it walking in, being in, in a secular job or being a minister. I pray, I have to pray every day. Like, Lord, when I walk into a hospital room, when I walk into a staff meeting, when I walk into even a room here at the church, I'm like, you know, Holy Spirit, you have to cover me. Like, I want, I don't want to be seen as Ron. Or I don't want to be seen as this because, you know, you know this. We all know this. Everybody's going through different emotions at that moment. Oh, yeah. And a perception is reality to them. And so when I walk in, I'm like, Lord, let them perceive like you in me. That's mm. what I pray. That's to exactly what you just said. It's like I have to walk in full of the Holy Spirit so people will know that I'm there's something different. Mm-hmm. Something different about that guy. We call it commanding the room, but it's there's something different. So we have to learn. So what does it mean to live on mission? Well, live live set apart, not necessarily along with here's another one. You live a lifestyle that demonstrates trust and obedience. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's you can't important. get away from trust and obey. I mean, you you really can't. But okay, so here's why I say that: you got to learn this, guys. Wake up if you've not if you don't learn this. The devil doesn't want casualties. Mm. All right, so we sometimes we miss we misunderstand when the Bible says he's seeking whom he may devour. All right, so we think that's necessarily murder. We think it's like casualty. No, the devil wants converts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The devil from the beginning has always wanted to be worshipped. Yeah. What does that mean? So to, to to destroy you, that means to destroy your belief in God. That means to to negate it to where you would even want a relationship with God. To get you to question your identity, to question your your belief system. Your He's murdered you at that point. Yeah. He's destroyed mm-hmm. you. He's devoured yeah. you. And wow. now he's getting your kids and your wife and, and now everyone he's, else. It, it, that's how he does it. That's exactly what we mean. So the devil wants converse. So so yes, it's one thing to wake up and be on the alert for an attack, but sometimes because he's the angel of light, that attack may not look like an attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It may look very um, subversive. It may come at you, like Rodney said, with doubt. It may come out, come at you with compromise. It's those little things. It may come at you as opportunity. It. Wow. It may come at you as opportunity. Absolutely right. Yeah. Yes. If this job pays better or it gives more time off, again, we're not against getting, you know, more money. We're not against more time off with family. But yeah, it may come as opportunity. But then when you're there, you're like like Abraham and Lot. Like I had no idea Sodom would be this. I just thought the Mm. grass was green. I didn't want to be on the dirt side. I want to be on the green side. (laughs) You know, you're gonna make forty more grand a year, you're gonna be gone. 50% 50% of the time wow. traveling. Yeah. Wow. So how valuable is that money to your family when you're yeah. not there? Yeah. This wow. Is, this is how like drawing close to God and, you know, being able to hear what he's saying 
is so important because yeah. so many of those things can be like you can be blind to and then God oh, will absolutely just reveal it to you in, in, in so many ways. Absolutely. So um, I, I, here's what I want to close with. All right. So I want to I I I get your thoughts on this and then we're, we're, we're about to wrap this up. So when it comes to living with trust and obey, can I just present something to you? Mm-hmm. All right. So let me ask you, let me ask, before I present it, let me ask it. Okay. Does your faith have what's called an if not clause? Mm. And if so, how is it interpreted? Right. What, what is an if not clause? All right. Let me use Daniel. Good question. Daniel um, is talking to the king and the king says, bow down and worship. And, you know, he's Daniel's like, nope, not going to do it. He goes, um, we believe our God will spare us, but if not, mm-hmm. he says, but if not, be it known to thee, man, he was so bold, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set. In other words, if God chose not to spare his life, like in standing, mm-hmm. while everyone else is bowing, if God chose not to spare his life and still gave him into the king's hands, if you will, he was like, still, we're, we're not going to do mm-hmm. this. Got it. Like, God's going to get the glory. So let me ask you a question. Does so your, Yeah. Huh? No, go ahead. So it's saying, it's saying like, I'm going to trust God even if what I hope he will do for me doesn't work out. Exactly. Yeah. So for instance, like take an opportunity. If you look at this and you say, well, I believe this opportunity will afford us the ability to make more money. But or do you interpret it this way? Um, I know I'm not going to be with my family, but if not then maybe we just won't live as well yeah, off. Yeah, Like, how are you interpreting the if not? Mm. Are you compromising more towards the world? Or are you trusting and obeying God despite what you see the circumstances or how the world scripts it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, in other words, God, I trust you for my life. But if you don't spare me, like if you're given a sickness, I'm going to trust you still with eternal life. Like, I know that I may lose it. God, I'm going to trust you with my finances. Mm. But wow. if things don't work out the way I think they are, if times get tough, I'm still going to trust you. Yeah. Uh, it makes me think about the Chinese Christians that are oh. about to die, be executed for their belief system. Yeah. Witnessing to their to their That's you know, insane. captors yeah. and torturers. Yeah. yeah. And and then reading about stories where the captor then gets in line to become executed because yeah. they're the, the immediately, what could be so powerful that somebody's willing to die for it right. mm. and still share it with me right before? Yes. Yeah. And 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 the Christian already laid that down, and they're oh. already in eternity not having known what was going to be the fruit of that, you know? Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. So do, does your faith have an if not? What I mean, if not faith— properly interpreted, if not faith, puts you on mission. Like, it doesn't matter the outcome. God, I'm going to give you my life, and I believe you that I'm going to make $500,000 a year. And all of a sudden, you start making $200,000 a year. Well, God, I'll give you half my life because I got to work the other half to earn the $250,000, right? No, 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 no. It's like, oh, God, I'm going to give you my life. And if things don't work out the way I think they're going to work out, I'm still giving you my life. Yeah, mm-hmm. because giving you my life is is better than, as the Bible says, gaining the whole world and and losing my soul. I mean, literally, Daniel in this illustration, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are are basically saying we're not going to bow down to this image. Mm. Yeah, and I know you said you'll 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 behead us, you'll take our life, but we're still not going to bow down. Yeah, 
But if God chooses to take our life, be it known to you, like last yeah. words, be it known to you. Still not going to do it. Still not going to do it. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's bold. That's bold. Yeah. And that's that's what living on mission does is entrusting and obeying God. It gives you an absolute boldness to say, if you don't, you're going to get thrown into the furnace. And he's like, well, yeah. if not. If they didn't have that kind of mission mindset, if they didn't have that thing to turn to, then they would have turned to the king. Exactly. Mm, that's yes. true. Think about that. They needed that that ingrained in their head. And that's why it was, it's really important for you to have the mission mindset for your kids. Yeah. Because like you said, that's transferable. Yeah. Yes. And it was transferable for them from yes. their parents. Absolutely. Mission is transferable. Dreams aren't necessarily, if seldom ever, but living on mission is. Yeah. And, and yeah. dads... Husbands, guys, men, you have been called to live on mission. Amen. Now, I gave you 10 generic calls. Here's what I want to ask you to do. I want you to get on your knees sometime tonight, and it may not be revealed for a while, but every day, and maybe it's a daily mission, Mission. you need to pray, God, what is my mission? Help me to discover it. Like, now that you've learned how to wake up at night, previous <laughs> pie, pie episode, get up and say, okay, God, how do I live for you today? And if it doesn't work out, if not, I'm still going to live for you today. Yeah. God, I'm going to walk into this job site, and I don't know if, if things are going to turn out. Don't know if I'm going to have my job. Don't know if I'm going to have the stomach to still do what it needs to be done. But if not, I'm still going to live for you. Yeah. God, I'm going to go into my house. I just had an argument with my wife, and I'm going to ask for forgiveness. I'm going to submit. I'm going to surrender. I'm going to love. But if I don't receive that immediate response like I think I should, mm. I'm still going to love my wife. Yeah. God, I'm going to walk into my teenage daughter's bedroom who is a little upset at me right now that maybe I don't understand what it means to talk to her or him. But I'm going to sit down on that bed and I'm going to either A, listen, B, ask for their forgiveness, or C, I'm just going to sit there and just tell them I love them. But if they don't reciprocate right away, yeah. I'm still going to trust you. Yeah. Like, this is real life living on mission. That's what it means. This is what it means to be a biblical man. It doesn't mean you necessarily bark and walk into a room and bark out orders and everybody follows you. That's yeah. a drill instructor. That's yeah. not what that means. It means you're just like, okay, God, I'm giving you this. If things don't work out the way, I think I'm still giving you this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's good. That's what it means to live life on mission. That is your absolute call of duty. I, I like the charge there. It reminds me of that. This maybe this too old for you guys, but uh, Russ Taft, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. won't bow or yeah. I won't bow to your idols. Wow. He was like, the song was energetic. Yeah. About not, I'm not going to bow to your idols, but like, it's not happening. Yep. You know? So I just like think if we think positive about it instead of negative, like, like, hey, these are the things that we really need. If it doesn't play out the way I want, Oh well. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Like, don't don't become ER. Yes. Dive into Tigger. Di you know? <laughs> dive into it. I mean, I can tell you, and Rodney shared on, on other podcasts that seldom have things in ministry worked out like exactly how I thought they would. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and so I'm just like, okay, God. Well, I've just learned after a while, you know, 
here we go. I'm just going to yeah. follow you. Yeah. And You're going to do it. You're when you do. call me to stand, I'll stand. You call me to sit, I'll sit. You tell me to walk, I'll walk. Yep. You tell me to wait, I'll wait. But so yeah, uh, yeah. It, you, you, every 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 guy's been called to live on mission, and we want you to be on mission for God today. Yes. So wherever this finds you, we are praying for you. Be encouraged. And we pray strength, wisdom, discernment, courage, and blessing in your life today. Live on mission. Make it happen.